podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 90 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast. Brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first. And our local business sponsor, Vici Clo. Delighted to say we've been joined by our our resident Forrest Gump. He's still going. Uh, Still on his his 365 day. (laughs) 10k every single day for a year uh, and that's phil haywood phil how are you getting on mate hi mike hi peace um i'm good thanks thanks for having me on again yeah i'm, I'm doing okay well, mate you. i don't know how, how your feet are holding up though because i tell you what if i, if I did more than more than one 10k in, in a day i'd have uh, i'd have no feet left <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm hanging in there's day 250 yesterday so i haven't been yet so i'll go after i spoke on the podcast so um it's all about recovery <laughs> well, that was a dangerous game, wasn't it? You're, you're, you know, I'm waiting for the games to finish, recording, and then go, going for a run in a good mood or a bad mood. You know, it was a game to play, waiting for the game. Yeah, yeah. I just um, had a game this morning, to be fair, uh, playing. But what I've been doing is um, I normally have a Garmin, you know, watch. So play with the game on, say to the referee, you know, put my sweatband over it, kind of do the, the runny, and they're quite okay with it. But it's broke at the moment. So I've had to play, watch Everton, and then. Like you said, hopefully it's a good run, a good mood run at the end. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be because uh, we were saying off air as well, Lee's not with us again. This lad has more holidays than Judith Chalmers. I've never known anyone like it in my life. Uh, considering, by the way, we've not long come out of a lockdown. Um, you know, tra- Travelling this country only just started to come back. He's gone to Cornwall, so he's, he's just said so he's about to hit the safe. After the uh, after the full time whistle with, uh, with Brad Willis from Neighbours. Those who don't know who Brad Willis is or was, have a little look at that, bit of a retro throwback there. So he's down there in some surfing competition, um, reliving his youth. So he's not he's not here this week, but we'll, we'll crack on regardless. And like we just said, you know, um, f- fantastic. You know, Everton yet again, away from home. We've gone to West Ham. West Ham are flying high in fifth before today's game. All the talk on Sky before the game is about how well West Ham are doing. Champions League on, on the horizon, potentially for them, with Leicester dropping points. Um, and we, we've gone away, Pete, and yet again, we've gone away and put in another very, very efficient away performance to get the win. Yeah, night and day, isn't it, between uh, the Villa game? Yeah, unbelievable. I, I thought that really it was spot on tactically, tactically from Carlo, because I think he's um, unbelievably coming for a bit of flack, I think, from quite a few Evertonians, particularly for some of our home games. Um, but he seemed to set us up to just stop West Ham from getting in behind us, uh, make them play in front of us. I think we've got better players than than West Ham, and I think a lot of their results have just come from playing on the counter-attack. So it was a really shrewd move. Um, and I, I thought the players executed it really well. It was it was just such a contrast. Every, you know, working hard, generally playing the right passes. We didn't have a lot of the ball. I think at times we struggled to get out a little bit, but Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, I thought both had um, you know pretty good games considering what, what they had to do um, in the match. 
and it you know it, it keep it keeps us in there, doesn't it? It's going to be a a tall order, I think, to you know to be really competitive for the European places. But it's really nice that the season's not finished and we've still got hopefully something to play for, something to look forward to. Yeah, and it, it wasn't a surprise, was it, Phil? Really, you know, even t- take into account the performance against Villa last week, when another game where we've thrown points away, and even a point in that game would have been really important at this particular mm-hmm. stage. But even going to the West Ham game, I don't know about you, but I felt confident we were going to go there and at least get something from the game because we are such a, a Jekyll and Hyde side when it comes to our, our home and away form. No, you, you spot on, Mike. Um, I was saying to a couple of guys on our on WhatsApp group, they were obviously saying another game, Villa threw, threw that away. And I said, do you know what? I think the system um, obviously plays a day. I think it suits us away from home. Um, I think he doesn't panic. As a, I think sometimes at home, you know, and and you know, any manager can be asked questions about. I think with Evertonians, if you ask a question about Carlo, you know, people's backs get up and they get a bit angry. But I think he makes some the strange substitutions at home, where I think he doesn't panic as much as why. I think he soaks it up like you know West Ham. Then if you watch the game Monday night, they, you know, I think they had the most shots in a game uh, this season at, at Burnley. And they've been conceding goals, they've been scoring goals, and and it wasn't apart from the the one the suit check when he hit the post, uh, Kufal, sorry, who hit the post, sorry, I wasn't honestly feared at all. I, you know, I thought the tactics were spot on, and I thought we would get something. Uh, I, we needed the win. What did I think we would go there and win? I thought we'd get something. I wasn't as confident that we'd go there and win, but I definitely thought we'd pick something up. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's that's why. We've mentioned frustration so often this season, and that, that's why it is so frustrating. Because if we have you know six more points at home, we'd be right in the mix for those those top four. That that would put us on sixty one points, and we'd be, we'd be sitting where West Ham currently are now, just behind Leicester. And that's you can understand the frustration of Everton fans and, and ourselves in, in terms of what what might have been this season. Um, but we just we just need to try, and you know we've got a couple of home games left, both on paper winnable games against one side who's been relegated in Sheffield United and one side who, you know, up until today, I couldn't remember last time Wolves actually actually won a game, to be honest. And they look at a pale imitation of of themselves from the last, the last couple of seasons. So if we can just try and turn a little bit of form in those last two home games, it gives us it gives us a real, a real shout, you know, I think because I think 60 odd points, you know, I think 60 points is gonna be quite close to getting us a, a European a European spot. But um, it was a game, Pete. It was a game, wasn't it? Where, like, like Phil was saying there, West Ham had that the one real big chance, which is at the post, come back. Bones obviously got ahead of the ball, and, and there's no way he could have turned it in. And we got a little bit lucky there. But West Ham for me didn't create a great deal, and I never, I never felt. I know Everton games are never easy to watch, especially this this season. But I never really felt in in a lot of trouble, to be honest. No, I didn't. I didn't have any normal nerves watching Everton hold a one 0 lead. At, at no point did I really feel worried by them. I think they're a slightly odd team, West Ham, aren't they? I think they're they're missing a bit of quality in the sort of centre forward position. So I think a lot of their goals do come from you know team play on the break. I think when they've got a team sat in front of them and they need someone to sort of unlock it, it's either got to come from a set piece or a bit of luck. Um, and they didn't get it, and they didn't look like making it. And I, I thought as well I thought we defended absolutely fantastically from set pieces mm-hmm. um, again they didn't particularly look like like threatening at all so it was a really good all round team performance I felt yeah and I, I was really surprised how often West Ham went wide 
I'm unwilling to throw a cross in. Because when you're playing against three big centre-halves in what, what we had today with Keane Meaner and Ben Godfrey, I thought that was a little, little bit of a, a bizarre tactic. I know Antonio's a big lad and he's, he's a unit and he's, he's strong and what have you. But a bit strange that wasn't a peak really when you, you, you go to tactic is, is to lash balls into an area where you've got, you know, three six-foot-plus centre-halves. Well, well, it's easy to gloat, isn't it, when you've come away and won the game? But for me, that that's typical Moyes, you know, attacking the safest way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where if you do lose the ball, uh, you know, th- there's not likely to be sort of massive repercussions. He doesn't want it too open. And my only worry watching the match, really, and I think I said to, to you lads on the, um, on the group chat, was what West Ham, I think, do do well is when they get the crosses in, they generally always have at least three players sort yeah. of hanging out ready to pick it up. And I think they get a lot of the goals from those sort of spawny rebounds, mm-hmm. um, just being first to the second ball. And there were a few times crosses came in and I thought, I can just see one of these popping out now and someone just knocking one in, uh, you know, undeservedly sort of out of nothing, half chance, you know, across that we've dealt with. So it was nice, I think, as the game went on. I think, our, you know, although our midfield did have to drop in deeper, I sort of felt that was necessary, really. Because, like you say, they were pumping so many crosses in. We could deal with the first one. It was all, for me, it was whether we could just keep that second ball out and catch them on the break. And I think that's probably what ended up winning us the game, really, riding it out defensively. Mm-hmm. And, and it was definitely, uh, Phil, the, the, the midfield we had out today. Obviously, Decore back fit, which is great to see. He made he made the bench. The, the thought was he'd, he'd slot straight back in. But after suffering uh, a fractured foot, the last thing you want to do is, is sort of put him in too, too early and... I know he missed it the final four games of the season. Uh, but he, we went in today with obviously Alan was in there with with Tom Davis, and that, that's that that was a pretty solid midfield too. I mean, it's probably the best I'd say I've seen Alan play. I know he's been injured, but in a good probably four or five months, probably Alan's best performance. He got given man of the match today, mm-hmm. uh, but I thought he was exceptional. I thought he had a bit, especially first half. I thought he had a bit of uh, more of a freedom. He played that ball over the top to Richarlison. He was driving out of uh, midfield, jinking in, in and out of uh, midfielders. To be fair, trying to get us forward. But I thought, um, yeah, like you said, Mike. I thought that was a, a real good balance in there with Davis. Um, he's been exceptional. To be fair, I, I was surprised he he didn't play last week, but um, I like both of them. And I, I, what I liked about that was when they, we forced them wide. The likes of Coleman, the likes of Davis, the likes of Allen, they didn't give them a, a breather. I thought Antonio was very frustrated today. Um, so when he was holding it up, either Allen was pinching it off his toes or Coleman or, or Davis, I thought the midfield really worked, to be fair. Because um, I think that is our our best, for me personally, our best system. Um, take Sigurdsson out there, maybe swap with Decore, and obviously James Rodriguez comes in there somehow. But I, I do like that midfield, to, to be honest. Um, I thought it was a good balance. Yeah, and it's certainly going to be a chance for the last last few games of the season to, to go with that midfield three. I know we've got quick turnaround. We've got Villa on Thursday, and obviously then the weekend, Sheffield United before the final home game of the season. Pete's going. Can't wait, can you, Pete? He's, oh, uh, he's, he can't wait to get back to Goodison Park as part of the, the six and a half thousand uh, for the Wolves game. And then obviously Man City. So there's plenty, plenty of games there in a short space of time to try and get that midfield three in together. Hopefully, Hammers can can slot back in against Villa or at least you know Sheffield Sheffield United, and we can we can try and finish the season as we started it with our with our strongest eleven. Try and get those all those new signings from this season on the pitch together and see how we fare. You know, um, but 
I thought, you know, we mentioned obviously the midfield bit. I thought both Davis and, and Alan were good. So Alan man of the match, which Calvert Lewin was laughing at after being interviewed by Sky, saying, "How did he get it over me?" Um, but it's you know, it's um, Calvert Lewin was very very good. We'll come on to him shortly. But it was really impressed with Ben Godfrey. Always, am. I think he's he's exceptional. I thought Seamus Coleman yet again, Pete had another fantastic game. Yeah, he was outstanding, wasn't he? It was it was a really, really intelligent performance for me. Not just you know hard working and organised because if you look at the game, he he's had to set up against two sort of top fullbacks, hasn't he? First off, he's had to sort of keep Chilwell quiet, uh, quiet. Um, not Ch- not Chilwell, Cresswell, Cresswell. Yeah. yeah, he's had to keep Cresswell quiet until he's gone off, and then Kufal's moved over. So Carlos sort of had him in that bowl, similar to how he played. Uh, in the derby, really, where he's having to get quite high up on that side, um, but at the same time, he's you know he's having to get back into position, so he's having to choose his runs well. That he was really unlucky not to to get the goal when uh, Calvert Lewin played Chance, him in. Yeah, he, he's a defender, Chance. so he's always going to take a touch, isn't he? Before, <laughs> <laughs> before he tries to hit it, I think any forward player just would have hit it first time. Um, but no, he was absolutely brilliant. It was a real captain's performance as well. Um, I, I, yeah, I thought he was outstanding. I, I think, I think having having Ben Godfrey behind him, and that will spend, you know for the bulk of the game because no Mina went off injured. Um, but having Ben Godfrey as the the centre back behind him, I think massively helped him in that sense because you, you know he's got someone who can you can re- recover pace wise. Because Coleman, that's probably as as high forward as I've seen Coleman play for yeah. for a good couple of years. You know, we know we we, we talk about Luca Dean quite often and how how effective he is going forward. Um, but I think probably, I mean, I'm sure people with with the the, the stats and and access to those apps which give you the the, uh, the running stats and posi- average position and things like that will tell us something different. But just watching it with my eye, I thought Common was hiding Luca Dean for the majority of the game. I thought he was the one fullback who was was threatening. Obviously, we talk about that chance there, but Coleman was up there trying to influence playing there. In the final third, which is is great to see. Like you say, Pete, if that's say, you know, uh, Calvert Lewin playing the ball to Richarlison or e- even a Hammers Rodriguez or someone like that, they hit the first time and, and they probably score because it was a great ball, by the way. Mm-hmm. Calvert Lewin waited. I mean, Lee said on 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 the chat maybe could have played Richarlison. And I thought he was a little bit too close. The run took him too close, and and he waited. It was a great ball first in, and it's just unlucky that it was it was Seamus Coleman. But but what are your thoughts, Phil, on, on Seamus Coleman? It's been you know the last last few weeks. I think he's been one of our better players, hasn't he? Absolutely, he's like a fine wine, Seamus. Yeah, do you know? I, I, do you know um, when he came out at Wolves last year? Um, I think he came on that game, and and I really worried for him. I thought you know, don't play just for playing sake. You know, we want to remember you as the Seamus Coleman as we all we all know, and I think he's been. Without the fans being there, he's been the fan. Um, he never, you know, like we get frustrated. Like um, we, we we play well uh, away at Arsenal and get beat by Villa. His standards don't drop. He still plays seven out of ten this season, eight out of ten every game. And you know, when we're like frustrated with the players, um, how can you? I, I say in our group, how can they win away here, but they, they mess up there? But I think Coleman. He's been the seven out of ten every week. I think he's been absolutely outstanding and, and a and a close show for player of the season, in my opinion. I think he's like you said there. To, to, he reminded me of Coleman the old days, like high up uh, energy. You know, he was 
getting on that chance, as you said, uh, Pete taking an extra touch, but then he was back defending. And I just thought when um, Soufal fell over and he was looking for a free kick and he's like still angry, you know, 85th minute, 86th minute, I just thought he was absolutely outstanding and he is what you see as an Evertonian and, and I think he's been um, terrific. And as the games have gone on, the months have gone on, he's got better and better and better. I don't I don't recall he's, oh, he got early injured at, at the start of the season, didn't he? but he's, he's been tremendous to be fair. I mean, Lee will probably put it down to the uh, the chat he had with him a couple of weeks yeah. ago when, when yeah, he had no. to be honest. Um, yes. well, I'm sure, sure Seamus will be listening when this comes <laughs> out. Uh, so there's no slating of Seamus Coleman this week, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely exceptional. And, and great, just great to see, you know, I think it's whoever comes in, like, like Leighton Baines on the left-hand side when we, we knew Leighton Baines was coming to the end of his time at the club. Um, Seamus Coleman in exactly the same category in terms of Difficult to replace, that's for sure. And there's, yeah. there's been a lot of, lot of talk about getting a right back in. Max Aarons has been the early favourites. That, that's potentially changed um, this week with uh, with the club looking at other other players. But we'll see what happens over the summer. But whoever does come in, has, has got, they've got huge boots to fill. And hopefully, Seamus is around for another another couple of couple of seasons still, and we can we can we can win something for him, which would be which would be richly deserved. Uh, but what one player yet again who I thought performed well, but more importantly, scored a goal, twenty uh, first goal of the season. Uh, we said it time and again, a player who many people said couldn't cut it as a Premier League striker. We probably all questioned him at some point. Let's be perfectly honest. You know, we it's, it's what we do as football fans. Um, went been through a bit of a barren spell. Scored two in his last two games now. Villa, Villa and West Ham. Firmly in the, in the England setup for the European Championships coming up, and Pete, it's great to see to see Dom, you know, scoring a goal, which we probably he's probably been guilty of missing quite a few of these, hasn't he? He's not he struggles, doesn't he, in that kind of position, you know, uh, going forward with, with a one-on-one. But great finish today, wasn't it? I was about to say just that actually that there's been a handful um, of you know chances this season where we've sort of referred to it's like the, the sort of top strikers bread and butter, really. Yeah. And he's had a lot to do there, you know, as well as making the intelligent run, he's, you know, he's had to take a couple of touches, find his angle and slot it in. And sometimes I find, I feel with Calvert-Lewin when he has a little bit too much thinking time or a bit too much time to sort of get his feet um, and, and sort of, you know, go for the technical shot, he, he sometimes tends to to miss or put it wide or put it over. Um, so I thought it was a really smart goal. I have to say, though, I, th- I thought Dawson's defending was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was the sign of a, of a Premier League defender, the wrong side of 30, I think, because if you, if you look at the line, not only is he playing him on side, but as Calvert-Lewin goes across, he's just got n- no chance of um, of catching him. So I don't know what he was doing, but again, Calvert-Lewin had to be in the right place at the right time and, and sort of make the clever run across um, <laughs> the slow aging centre-half. <laughs> and, and, to, and to be fair to Calvert-Lewin, he's pulled on the right man there, hasn't he? Because he's out of the, the two centre-halves. He's, he's the one you want to be on. I mean, he's, had, he's had rave reviews this season, Dawson, and rightly so. I think he's played he's played really well for West Ham and earned himself a, a longer-term deal. Uh, but like you say, when you sort of get that wrong side of 30, you know, the legs start to get a little bit heavier and a little bit slower. You, you don't want a young 24-year-old kid running, running past you, do you, at, at pace? Uh, but great ball from Ben Godfrey as well. That's got to be said, you know. Um, so, someone said he's, he's showing his versatility once again, Scotland to the Hammers or Rodriguez <laughs> role, 
with uh, with that pass, which is quite quite a good uh, quite a good description there. But it's it was a great ball, wasn't it, Phil? And you know, from from Godfrey, he's got that in his locker. It's which is which is good to see. We we need we do need some kind of creativity. I'm not saying Godfrey's added to our creativity uh, when there's when there's no hammers, but it was a great ball and great bit of vision from him. Was he? He just looks so composed on the ball, whether he's defending, whether it's um, you know driving out from the back, whether he's shoulder bar. He just makes everything look so calm. Um, no one panics, um, and he's got that. And he's got that. To be fair to him, I think he's got a good football brain. Um, it was a great pick out. And and to be fair to Calvert, back to Calvert Lewin, just just a quick one on that. Like he gets a lot of stick, Calvert Lewin, with them kind of chances. Uh, I think I remember Crystal Palace, like you were saying, Pete, when he got too much thinking time. I wasn't as confident, and that sounds really bad, but he normally has one or two to get himself going. Um, he took one late on, second off, he took it round the keeper, he just went a bit too wide, and he tried to pull up, I think that was for the header, was it, a king? Yeah, for king, um, yeah. I, I, so fair play, because if, if he had missed that, you know what social media is like, he would have got a, a lot of abuse on there, but you know it was a great finish, and, and as you said, Godfrey, so composed, for such a young lad as well, stepping out, and... And obviously, I think he could make a late burst for the England squad, if, if I'm totally honest. I really do. He made that position there, the right centre-half, look look really easy. Because Antonio's not an easy player to play against, and I thought he made him look very average today. Yeah. And then the thing with, with obviously, Godfrey and, and potentially being called up by England is the increase of squad size from 23 yeah. to 26 yeah. for the European Championship plays into it potentially, you know, his hands are now... Uh, the England, England assistant manager Steve, Steve Holland was there today, mm. watching watching the game. I mean, we're we're biased, aren't we? But we have yeah. seen how much Godfrey is, is developed because I think that first that first time I think uh, he played was it left back against Southampton away, mm. and we were so poor in that game, and um, we thought this, this kid struggled a little bit there, not his natural position, but he you know he struggled in that particular game. But then since then, he's just massively kicked on. He's been asked to play in three or four positions, um, and you know. Every every international side needs that kind of player with that kind of versatility who can slot in. Yeah. You know, especially at the back, you're going to get injuries or potentially cases of COVID over the course of the of the summer. So having a player who can play three or four positions at the back is is absolutely ideal. So maybe so, Phil. And, and for me, it'll be it'll be richly deserved because I think he'll probably walk away with with our our player of the season. Definitely the fans' player of the yeah, season. Yeah. Want to look at social media, um, and and that'll be that'll be richly deserved. But great performance from him, great performance, and and settled from Carlo. You know, people give him give him stick when we lose, praise the man when we win because he got it absolutely bang on against against West Ham, and another important win that puts us. I don't want to say it, do because every single time we say it, we we lose the next game, but it puts us right right in the mix again on fifty five points, game in Andover. Tottenham and Liverpool, which is coming up against Villa on Thursday. Um, so we're right in the mix now. And you know, sides sides who are having really, really good seasons, like like West Ham, uh, like Leicester, we're not we're not too far away. I, I think fourth is, is definitely gone. I think oh, yeah. we can we can we can forget about that. I think that's left that's definitely left us to throw away. I mean, they tried early on at the weekend to throw it away. Getting beat at home to Newcastle, but you know, all the best sides lose at home to Newcastle as we found out ourselves this season but we're, we're right in there and it puts more weight on on the Villa game on uh, on Thursday but before we discuss that one thing I wanted to pick up um, which we didn't we didn't actually discuss during the the the, uh, the rundown of the of the West Ham game was was Richarlison and Richarlison's form his demeanour um, 
Are you, are you concerned, Pete? I mean, we, we've discussed Richardson a little bit, haven't we, in, in recent weeks? But he's not scored since the um, West Brom away on the on the third of April. So we're, we're going back now a number of games there, aren't we? Since since we played West Brom, um, what's that? So that eight games, including today's that that, that he's played. I think he was probably as said before uh, before we we spoke that he was. I thought he was pretty effective today. I thought you know we had the ball. Uh, in the final third quite often play with his head down a little bit he could have released the ball maybe two or three times earlier um, but he, he's struggling isn't he Pete and it, for me it's a little bit of a concern the way that he that he, he reacted today when he went off yeah I, I thought today was his best game for a while I'd say it was his best match in, in probably the last four or five games he's played I, I thought he did very well today bar you know, bar his final product in in a few situations, I felt he was you know an assist or uh, a couple of key passes away from um, you know a top rated performance for us. I think if, if he played like that for us every week, he'd be back in the goals in no time. Because I thought he was, I completely agree with you. He did play with his head down a bit. There were a couple of times where you know he could have slotted Calvert Lewin in. I thought Calvert Lewin made some brilliant runs today, and I could you could see the frustration in Calvert Lewin that. Richarlison maybe didn't release the ball early enough and it's hard to know, you know, is that is that because of confidence? Is that because he's not wanting to misplace it or give it away? Or, um, you know, he's worried about the timing of the pass? Or, yeah, is it just that he's, he's so much in his own headspace he's not even seen the run? Um, but I, I thought it was a really hard-working performance from Richarlison today. I thought it was a real handful. I thought he pinned them back. He's a world-class player. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not top-class. He's world-world-class and Everyone that's worked with him has, you know, has praised his ability. I think people forget how young he is as well. You know, he's, he's coming up to, what, 24 tomorrow, is it? Yeah, yeah. happy birthday. Happy birthday, Richardson. yeah. So you look how many how many games he's got under his belt, for, you know, for 24 in the Premier League. There's, there's only, you know, there's only more to come. I think he just needs managing in the right way. And he's obviously got extremely high expectations for himself. And I think sometimes he's his own worst enemy. You know, things start going against him a little bit. He can get a bit frustrated. You know, we saw, you know, earlier on when we signed him, he has got a little bit of a temper and he's he's had a, a few daft yellow cards or the odd red card. But I just think he's going to get better and better and better. He just needs managing in the right way. And I felt he clearly responded to, uh, you know, the criticism, that the things that the manager said, you know, sort of publicly in the press and, you know, who knows what else has been said behind closed doors. And we all know he's on social media, so he's going to be receptive and picking up on, you know, what fans are saying as well. I thought he responded today. I thought he had a, a really good game. I thought he was one or two key passes away from a top game. Um, and hopefully, yeah, it's the sign of him getting back on track. Do, do, you, do you prefer in a in a two-fill? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I meant I put out our pick for the start and eleven for the uh, for the West Ham game, and I I put him and Calvert Lewin together. I like them as a two. I think yeah. it, it could work as long as you've got what we had today with obviously Coleman and Luca Dean able to to push on and and obviously get covered by whether it's Alan Decore or any of the the three centre halves. I like them as a two, and and I think when Carlo first came in, and obviously Big Dunk had had us as well for a few games. We we, we saw them quite often. As two together, do you think that that's better for Richardson going forward? Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, under Silver, when I think we played Brighton and he got a he got a brace at home, um, and again Man United when we won four and he played up there. And I just I, I like I like that in him. I think that that balances Everton. I think when he's out wide, he want he doesn't he might not see the ball for ten minutes, and that's when 
Like, I don't mind him being frustrated today because he's getting kicked up in the air. And to be fair, he, he does get kicked in the air. And, and people say he dives. Like, and don't get me wrong, he does go down easy, but he does get kicked in the air. Yeah, he creates a lot. Uh, uh, he creates a lot of things for us going forward. Because if you look behind us, Alan Davis, that was creative. Um, Gomez, all right, Sigerson is. But pace-wise, I just think he drives with the ball. Obviously, he played with his, his head down all today. But I just think it brings us higher up the pitch because we've got the three centre-halves at the back. But I think they they play so well together. I know, again, I, I like Derek Charleston because that's who he is. And as when Cabot Lewin scored, he was the first one to him. So I don't think it's a, a personal between those two because at the start of the season, they were setting each other up and, and things. But I just think um, he kind of needs that in his game because he need, he's a player who needs the fans as well. Um, in my opinion, um, but definitely when he's, when there's a two because he's just more involved, and when he's more involved, we're better. In my opinion, when when he's not in the game, like the West, uh, the Villa game, I just didn't think he was in it at all, and um, I just, I like him in that too. If I'm honest, because I think it it helps Calvert Lewin as well. If I'm honest, uh, you know when he's up there on his own and Richardson's out wide, I just think it gives him a bit more support and he knockdowns and he flick ons. Because normally Calvert-Lewin's flicking them on for himself and we don't have that that pace out wide or anything like that. So I, help, I think it does help like of Coleman gets up the pitch a bit more, holds up a little bit better. But yeah, definitely in the two. I've always said that in, um, when I saw him against Brighton under Silver and, um, and the Man United game. I just think he looks... We, we play better when he's down the middle, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on when, obviously, he was substituted and we know he's a bit of a suck, isn't he? You, yeah, you know, yeah. we see it quite often where if things are going his way on the pitch... Um, or he, he gets substituted, he doesn't, doesn't quite like it, and he was remonstrating a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? I know, obviously, you say that he, he maybe needs a little bit of that in, in his game. Yeah. Uh, I suppose people will say it shows that he cares as well. Um, but I, I'm always one of them where I don't like to probably publicly see it. I've got no problem no, you want to say it in the season afterwards, but yeah. that, that, that's something which I don't really, I don't really like to see, especially yeah. on the on the sky cameras, that's for sure. No, I agree. You know, like if he's getting fired, I don't mind that, and he's, he's throwing his arms up towards, like he's uh, frustrated. You know, it's his fifth time he's been kicked, or or a ball hasn't gone. Um, he's played a ball, he's overhit it, and he's gone out. He's frustrated himself, but it can come look quite disrespectful to the the guy who's coming on. You know, um, or uh, it's not it's not the evidence. We we don't see that. You know, and we know he works hard, but. He needs to cut that out, in my opinion, if he's coming off or he doesn't agree with something. Like you said, uh, Mike, that's got to be in the changing rooms, that. And um, Carlo can deal with that, how he how he deals with it, but not on the sky cameras and, you know, in, in, in the ground when the fans are there. I think that's something slightly different to how he is on in the game, during the game. But I don't know where that... He's always had that. I remember, he, he, didn't he, he cried once at Watford when he came off? I think he played when he played for Watford. He got dragged off and he cried on the bench. He was fuming, he was, as in an angry way, arms up in the air. I think that needs to be cut out of his game. Um, but it's just frustration. I, I, um, I don't know whether he, he just wants to play every week, uh, every minute, doesn't he? But again, Mike, like you said, he, I don't think that's that's not good to see. Mm. No. I mean, I, I, I think with him, he's, he's the best. Probably, he's a better finisher than Calvert Lewin. You, you'd fancy Richardson. In a one-on-one situation, yeah. more than you would have done. Uh, I think in recent weeks you've probably probably seen him miss chances that Richardson normally wouldn't miss mm-hmm. as well. You know when he is getting them, and when you're on such a lean spell, you know you, you need to be trying to take the chances. I know we have not been you know prolific in terms of what we create. Mm-hmm. We we don't 
they haven't been scoring a lot of goals, have we? we you know, but these one nil wins, you know, or uh, wins by the odd goal are becoming have become commonplace for ourselves uh, as the season's gone on. So I think probably the frustration of not scoring, um, he probably sees it as, you know, another, another 10 minutes, he could have maybe got another chance. Would he have stuck away the chance that Josh King at the post with? Mm. Um, who, by the way, when Josh King came on, I thought he was gassing after about five minutes. Yeah. It was just un- unbelievable. So that probably explains why Carl's not giving them more, more to go. To be did, you see, did you see Carl and Mike? I think um, he... There's right by Ancelotti and he lost the ball. I think he bumped into That's right, yeah. Lewin. He bumped into him and Ancelotti's got his hands in the air. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw him lose that. And so, and like you said, that's why he's getting seven minutes here, eight minutes there. Because yeah. I would like to I would like to see him for a longer period, but I don't think he trusts him at all. And like you said, because he's probably not he's not fit. I don't I don't know. Yeah. We said it before, we 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 we've we touched on it with uh, with Andy a few weeks ago in terms of the, the trust that Carlo has in players and it's certainly an issue, I think, with Josh King, the fact that, you know, when he comes on, he doesn't trust him to, to, to do what he wants him to do. And, you know, I know we're going off with Charles in a bit, but I think it's quite a key point here that when people say about giving players a chance and we can't be any worse, well, if a player can't last more than 10 or 15 minutes, then you're not going to start him in, in any kind of game. And I think when, when he first came on, he went on that, on that run, didn't he? Mm. Um, and I thought, what the hell he's there? And he, he pulled the ball, but it was back to Sigurdsson. Um, we thought it, it, it was great, and he had that chance, and he thought, but yeah, he's come on, and made a real, a real difference here with a bit of pace. And then he looked like he was just he got out of steam. Literally, mm-hmm. he was he was jogging, he couldn't get back, uh, which obviously we, we need at that particular point where it's all all hands on deck. We needed him and Calvert Lewin to, to be to be sacking back. Don was, I mean, Don was running on empty. He'd, he'd run out all, all day, uh, but but Josh King was really struggling, and that's that that's a concern, and that's why we won't see Josh King sign it. Signing a new contract, and it's a shame because when he when he came in, I thought this is a player who could make a deal impact for us over six months. Someone we need with a bit of pace, and it just hasn't hasn't been the case. And you know that's why there's still been that reliance on Calvert-Lewin and Andrew Charles, and who obviously we're, we're talking about now to, to get the goal. So when when either of them don't fire, we've we've been struggling a little bit with that. But um, Back back to Richards and talking about obviously uh, second back and, and what have you and Demina. Going back to last week, Pete, we touched on didn't we with Richards when he lost the ball in in midfield against against Villa again. He was trying to probably beat one man too many, and then he just sort of shrugged his shoulders, didn't he? And and, and what have you? And that that's, that shows again that Richards is probably feeling the frustration and 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 letting things get him a little bit on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. I think I said last week for me, it was probably his worst performance in an Everton shirt for as long as I can remember because he was fairly abject. He wasn't sort of invested in the team at all. And I think that, you know, that sulking when you lose the ball, when you're a forward player for me, just typifies it. You know, you lose the ball. The first thing you do is try and win it back. And if you can't win it back straight away, you get in the right position, you know, to to defend for your team. Um, and I think what yeah, when Richarlison doesn't do that, when any player in Everton shirt doesn't do that, you, you don't get away with it. Not you know, not for very long at this club. So it's something that he needs to stamp out of his game. But I, I do th- I do agree with both of you lads. I think it's a sign of the times, really. I think he needs the fans there. Um I think, you know, like every player in that squad and every Evertonian, he's probably disappointed mm-hmm. in how the you know, the last few games have gone when we've been knocking on the door of the the sort of the Champions League and Hanging on the coattails of fourth place, 
to then have the the string of results that we've had. Um, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I don't doubt for one moment that you know there's no ever other Everton player that feels it as much as he does, and I think that probably comes out on the pitch and comes out in the wrong way. But with the right man management, the right coaching, you know, he can work on that. I I just think we've all seen how good he can be on his day. You know, on his day, he's unplayable. And for me today, he responded. Yeah, he didn't show the best attitude when he came off. But for me, I don't mind that. Um, You know, I think it shows that he wants to play or that he's not happy with, you know, he had unfinished business on the pitch. I, I see where you're both coming from, ideally, that, you know, that should be shown in the dressing room or... You know, that should be discussed with the manager on the training ground or what have you. But I don't think it's, for me, it's not the biggest element of his game he needs to work on. Do you know Do you know on that, though, lads? There's a question. Would you rather see that today when he came off? Or would you rather see him take the free kick to the week? You know, like when I personally don't think he should have because you've got mm-hmm. Luca Dean and Sigurdsson, oh, Sigurdsson's not scored a free kick. But I think that he's got to be careful there because... He's, I went to the Chelsea game as well, and he and he, and he headbutted Sigurdsson when he's going to take the. It didn't show on the camera. He's like he wanted to take the initial penalty, um, and then obviously it was at Palace where he was what he was taking everything, wasn't he? And I know he's frustrated. I know he wants to score, and he hasn't scored eight or eight games or so. But I think he's got to be careful there because obviously we don't want to see what he did today coming off in, in a sulk. But it's coming onto the. The pitch as well as his frustration, but that's it. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather see that today because he's passionate coming off than did do what he did a couple of weeks back because that was I thought was selfish really, but frustration I suppose. But yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I I hate that. I think you know if you if you grab the ball and you want to take a penalty or a free kick, you have to score it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You have, to, have to score. Yeah. It's as simple as yeah. that. And then when you know when he didn't. Because that not only does that have ripple effects on everybody watching the game, supporting the team, that will have ripple effects on the players. Yeah, yeah. All the players will know that decision's been made mm-hmm. for the game of yeah. who takes the set pieces, mm-hmm. and he's undermined that. Correct. Yeah. You know, that Correct. with that behaviour, and that, it, it, you're so right. That's it's just not good for the team. No. No. Correct. But it's, but it, go back to your point, Pete. Um, in terms of. The, the impact of, of crowds and that on the Charles and he's the one player, isn't he, who we can nail down and say he plays a hell of a lot better feeding off fan energy or or whatever it might be because he loves playing, doesn't he? He loves playing football. He loves entertaining. He loves scoring goals and loves to show his passion in front of the fans and that's the one player, Pete, who, who really, you know, the Wolves game where obviously you're going to be there and six and a half thousand others can't come soon enough for really. Yeah, and I think my question to any Evertonian that's that's been unhappy with him is, so, okay, blank sheet of paper, here's a pen, you write out your Everton team, who's the first name on the team sheet? What's on, yeah. I, I think for for nine out of ten Evertonians, it's for Charlison. Yeah. And if he's not yeah. the first, he's probably the second. Yeah. So it, it shows how important he is to us. And um, Yeah, I think when the fans are back, he, he will respond. I think everyone will respond, but I think we'll probably get more bang for a buck out of him. Mm. Hundred percent, and we, we look we look forward obviously to to the the last four games of the season when hopefully he can return to a, to a little bit of form and 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 help help us you know grab grab a European spot. Um, and the, the next game coming up for us is, is another another big one. We we played them the other week. We we played them every other week. It seems at the moment. Aston, uh, Aston Villa. I've not been able to to play them at all uh, since the season started. They they've become our uh, 
one of our one of our most consistent uh, consistent rivals, Aston Villa, and they, they played today against Man United. Another, I thought, decent Villa performance up to it, up to probably half time, maybe just after. And then United do what they normally do to anyone, and that's if they're getting beat away from home, they turn it around and they win, and they get a penalty in the process, which is a standard United procedure. But Villa, they showed a the Goodison Park. I mean, we we were great, and we you know we, we did struggle in that game, Phil, but. Um, with us playing them so quickly um, since we since we last played them, with us playing them away from home this time, with having Decore uh, back in the squad, maybe in the side, Hammers hopefully fit to to play to play some part, and maybe more importantly for us because he causes a, a problem. Ollie Watkins is going to be suspended for yeah, the game. Yeah. Um, the, you know, hopefully the things are going to go in our favour this time. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Um... With Watkins, that just the game was gone anyway. Three one, and he gets he gets sent off there. And that that's massive for us because obviously he's the he's their talisman. He's been outstanding this season, um, and it's a bit like us in a way. If you know, and and obviously he didn't score today, but if if Carvalhoon doesn't score, Richard doesn't score. Who scores? And I think that's the same with Villa. You know, he, he's been so good for them. You you can't. There's two or three other players of Villa who will notch a couple of goals, but he's so important to them as 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 a Rodriguez or a Decore missing for us. I don't think they've got the squad depth. Um, pretty similar to us in, in a way, but obviously they've got more quality there. But that that is huge. And another away game where um, I'm looking forward to it now. I think we can definitely get something there, hundred um, percent. It's just a shame we didn't get anything at all, even a, a point at home to Villa because. It would have set us up nicely with how tight the league is, but it's definitely with Watkins missing. I think that'll be massive. Um, is is um, Grealish back? Did it, as it said, he's announced. He, well, he was out today, wasn't he? he was in the stands today, yeah, yeah. so I think I think it's it's touch and go with him. Uh, I think they were hopeful to 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 have him back uh, for the last couple of games of the season, so he may be. No one else, he will be. Yeah. Uh, but but the chances are, you know, Jack Grealish has been out for, for quite a quite a long time really or or medium term injury that he's had. He's not going to be up to up to no, speed no. to the full no. of the game which which could which could play playing into our hands. But um but we should go into the game. Shouldn't we Pete with it with a bit of confidence now? I know as I said we did play them a couple of weeks ago. We we should have got something from that game, you know, another another late goal was cost us, as we said earlier on, as Phil's just said, an important point in the in the grand scheme of things. But we should go in there now on top of it, you know, on the back of another good away performance, we what have we won eleven from seventeen away games, which is just an incredible turnaround and return of points. But we should be be quite confident, shouldn't we, going to Villa Park? Yeah, for, for me, for for two big reasons. Yeah, number one, we've, we've got the third best uh, away form in the league. I think Villa are about tenth or eleventh for their their home form. Um, but I I think that in terms of this game against Villa, I think the defeat at home only a couple of weeks ago is probably a positive thing because if you're, you know, Carlo Ancelotti or Coleman or, you know, Duncan Ferguson in that dressing room, you're saying, look, we've got unfinished business with these. You know, we played them at home. We had a great chance to go above, uh, you know, Liverpool and Spurs and we threw it and we were terrible and we weren't good enough. So what are we going to do today? Mm. So you, you hope... You know, not just the, you know that we can play with a bit more freedom and we can sort of you know continue to sort of ride the wave of our waveform. But you hope the players will feel like they want to go there and win because they've got a point to prove still, um, and they want to sort of put the performance the other week to bed. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful we can go there and actually win our game in hand. 
Well, oh. just I just love the uh, winning. Sorry, winning Thursday. Obviously, they'll be make us on fifth thirty-five games. You go joint fifth with games running out, and there's no none of that game in hand anymore. Is they will all be on the yeah. same? Obviously, hoping United get something because I think I'll I'll win today means Man United are guaranteed Champions League. Um, so whether now he rests players for Liverpool, I think he said he's going to rest Solskjaer, but that's an, he doesn't have to say anything, Carlo, does he? Just there's a league table, you know, three more games left. We go above Spurs, Liverpool, and join points of West Ham. You know, there's not many more games we can throw like the Villa home game. But Peter, I think you're right there. That that losing to them in a funny way probably has could galvanise us now getting that win today, and um, because there's not many games left and. Every press conference from from September, Ancelotti said Europe, 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 and I think he'd be particularly very annoyed if if we didn't get anywhere near the top six because obviously I think fourth's obviously gone, but fifth and sixth is definitely there with this game, with this game Thursday. It's funny, isn't it? Because we we've we've been saying for for how long now about these games in hand, and if we win our games in hand, we you know we can go here. <laughs> And we said the same, didn't we? Well, if if we beat Villa, we can go, we can go above above Liverpool and Tottenham, and it didn't come off. And every single time we've been saying that, Everton find a way to cock it up, and that's that's the concern. If if the players the players have got to be able to deal with with that that pressure, you know, it's not it's not particularly a high pressure situation for me, really. You know, mm. it should be a well, you've you've already got fifty five points on the board. You're still in the mix. This is a game in hand, okay? So whatever you pick up from this game, absolutely great. But go and play with a little bit of freedom and a little bit of confidence, and they shouldn't be letting this kind of occasion get to them. Because God forbid, you know, we get to a cup final and over the next year or two, and that's a pressure situation. Mm-hmm. That's when you you need to be at the races. So this kind of game, the players, the players have got to. It's got to come a time where the players come out of this kind of game when we can get up the table. I've been saying it for weeks. Psychologically, we've been sitting eight for about three years, mm-hmm. so we haven't moved for that long. So. To get a winner to move up to sixth position would be massive from a mentality point of view. You've got two home games on the spin coming up. You've got some fans coming back in for, for the second one of those home games, which is fantastic. You're working towards that. You're going to the champions, basically, the final game of the season. You've got a chance of getting something there because the championship will be wrapped up. You know, it might be a bit of a party atmosphere for them, but you've got a chance again. I know it's again, it's it's playing in front of um, home fans from another team. We've got a chance again in the next the next week or so to play in front of fans twice and showcase what we've done and go and play with a bit of freedom. We've got a real chance now with four games to go to go and do something, get the European spot. I know Carlo give a, a bit of a wave and a, a and a wink to uh, Farhad and, and Bill Kennedy who were there at the game today. You know, so they know how, how important it is for European football to be grabbing these points. Um, so Carlo knows the importance of it. I think last week was the first time we've really seen Carlo pissed off at, at a yeah. performance, and I thought his press conference—he wanted to—he was—he was quite quite close to to putting his hand through the uh, the screen and grabbing hold of the South American reporter. He kept asking about Hamas's injury, wasn't he? So it shows you, it shows you how how on edge he is about the situation. The fact that he knows there's still a big chance here for European football, and he's been tasked with bringing European football back to this club, so he doesn't want to fail at the at the first yeah. hurdle. So. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a big game yet again. Uh, but we've got to take one of these chances to, to move up a couple of positions and and let's hope that, that Thursday is is the time to do that. Um, but we said that we've we played Villa recently, a tough game. Um, since they've come up, we haven't we haven't done particularly well against them, you know. And 
having having no Watkins, like I said before, should really play into our hands. But I think I, I can't see us setting up any other way, Pete, really, than than what we've done what we've done today. Dependence on on who's fit, I suppose, with with Yeri Mina. But I think Holgate will probably come back in, and we'll we'll go with with the three centre halves yet again. As, yeah, I'm, I know we've had some success with it, you know, obviously today and, uh, you know, Arsenal away as well. But I just don't think we play good football with that that five three, uh, with that sort of 5-3-2 system. I think it makes us effective. I think it makes us hard to beat. Um, but I just don't I just don't like it. Uh, I, I don't think it will be the way that we play when we bring in better players either or, you know, if he has a full strength squad to, to pick from. So it will be interesting whether he does. Uh, sort of stick with the five at the back, um, because West Ham had to come on to us today. Mm. You know that that was like a you know it was a must-win game for us, and you know Carlo knew that before. Um, you know, obviously before we set up against them. Whereas I think Villa, they, they tend to play more on the counter attack anyway, and without Watkins, that they're, they're like they're even more likely to to sort of have that way of playing because they've got no um, you know sort of central striker that'll be able to sort of hold it up or play off. So that, that that's my slight concern, really. I'd, I'd like to see us go back to a back four if we can and play um, with two wide players. Um, and if, yeah, if Hamas isn't available, you know, maybe Awobi can come in and again, again for me, try and redeem himself. Um, you know, who knows? But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see us play with a, li- a little bit more width higher up the pitch um, yeah. against Villa because I just thought we were far too open at home and. Yeah, I'd I'd be worried about us um, being effective enough on the attack if they're just sort of sitting back and we've got the five three two. What What do you think? What do you think, Phil, on that? Because you know we see what we've done today, and, and Pete's right. West Ham have obviously you've got something massive to play for today, so they were always going to try and going to have more of the ball for one. I think it was a, it was about a a 68-32% split in terms of possession, so that was always going to happen. And Carl was always always going to set up this way for for me. Villa, not much to play for. You know, the much better season than last season. We, we know they've got a bit of quality on that side and they've settled into the Premier League now. Uh, they're going to finish in and around mid-table. Uh, but, but do you think we're going to go to a, to a back four and be a little bit more maybe expansive on the on the attack or we're just going to try and sit and try and counter? I personally, um, we if we were playing one game a week, I think you'd stick with this. I really do. Um, but I don't think the personnel to come in like Silva Obi Gomez are good enough to play that. Um, so we might change it slightly to, to go with a flat four um, and go at Villa. But like you said, they've got nothing to play for. Um, but I just, I think that's the way forward for me. I just think we look so composed. We don't like West Ham. I wasn't, you said, Mike, I wasn't worried at all. But I don't think he will, he likes to change it up, doesn't he? He definitely likes to change the defence up a little bit and do a lot of tinkering. Um, I can see... I could possibly see Delph coming in if, if I'm honest. Um, maybe I know. I, I honestly do think that I do. Uh, um, or Gomez, one of them. I think one of the, those guys will come in. Um, I think uh, Pete said. I think a Wobi might, might come in, but I, I can't see him um, playing the same system. Um, two games in the bounce, and then obviously playing on the weekend as well. I think he will change. I think that's the way forward for us. But personnel wise. Um, I, I don't think he will because just the amount of games we've we've had this season, and I was just looking at the league, just what we were saying there. Like I think a lot of teams expected Everton to fall by the wayside. We seem to be like a wasp that won't go away. You know, like you look below us, the likes of Arsenal, the the gaps are bigger. Leeds are playing out the skin. 
and they're still five points behind us. You know, we're, we're a point behind Spurs, and two behind Liverpool. And I think a lot. You know, everyone's gone about West Ham, and rightly so. They've been outstanding all season, and obviously we beat them today. But we're three points behind them, and I think a lot of teams don't give us a, a pundits and think don't give us a lot of credit. They don't include us because I think they do think they will go Everton, they will drop. Um, yeah. And we have, and I think that's our own fault. We haven't been consistent, and I don't think every team's been, you know, had a consistent run. But I think that's the reason why, because the, the squad we have. I, I looked at the team today. And I was thinking, please don't make a sub. Please don't keep the team as it is. Keep the team as it is. Don't make a sub. Don't bring Goma. Don't bring uh, well, Just leave it as it is. And I, I think that the players on the bench aren't good enough to play in the system he wants. So he's got to tinker around. And again, I think he will change the formation. And like I said, I think like a Gomez health or if he's fit or, um, or a world, we might come in on, on Thursday. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to back your shouts for, to get Fabian Sorry, yeah. on the side, though, Phil, to, to be yeah. honest. I can't see people clapping to, to support that opinion, but he's been, <laughs> he's been used in the last, yeah. last three games. He's come on. So Carlo yeah. clearly, See something in terms of whether it's, it's the experience with with Fabian yeah. Delph or, or what. I mean, he didn't do much much yeah. wrong today, uh, but he didn't have much time for me to, to do to do much wrong, I suppose. But um, he's a player who Carlo obviously has got got a bit of a bit of trust in. But I think you're right in terms of personnel. There's going to be a bit of a tinker on on it on Thursday, and I think probably the core will come in to give us a bit more athleticism in midfield so whether we can then just take Sigurdsson out of the equation because to be fair to Sigurdsson I mean he, he wasn't great from an attacking sense today but I think he worked really hard to be perfectly honest and you know it was it was a game where we've done a lot of running there quick turnaround on Thursday so we, we need to probably freshen things up a little bit but I just think we're going to see the we're going to see the three at the back again personally and, and if we can have get the Corey back on the side maybe even have have Hammers you know we'll be touch and go I'm sure then it gives us something on the on the counter, but we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be a an interesting game. I think it's six o'clock on Thursday, um, Sky Sports yet again. So uh, the coming the coming thick and fast season's nearly over. Let, let's hope that we can get a bit of parking and and keep our uh, our away record ticking over rather nicely. Uh, but that's us. That's us for this week, Phil. Really appreciate you filling in uh, for Lee. It's uh, as I said, it's becoming a, a common thing lately. So we might have to uh, just get you in full time. <laughs> no, thanks, Mike. Peace. Always a pleasure. I, um, I always watch uh, watch the episodes, and it's been brilliant. So thanks again for having me on. Appreciate it. Welcome anytime, mate. And, and best of luck with your with your running. Uh, not long to go now. You, you're well over that uh, that hump yeah. in the middle on, on nice. the uh, on 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 the down downward hill. So. Anyone who, who doesn't know what Phil's doing, as I said, you mentioned it early on, he's, he's doing a 10K for, for the for 365 days, um, raising loads of money. Is it, is, it, is it men's mental health that you're raising money for? Uh, just general mental health. Mind, mental health. Yeah, for mind, yeah. Young people, uh, suicide prevention and, and mental health, yeah. So, so brilliant cause, you know, even more so given what's gone on in the last sort of 12 12, 14 months around the world and people have been struggling massively as well. So uh, great charity. So if you, if you can if you can donate donate uh, some money towards Phil's cause, we, we retweet his, his link his link quite often. We put it out there again, uh, get on there and, and and show Phil and the and the charity some support. Um and we will be back next weekend after the Villa game. And I think it's gonna be post post Sheffield United as well. It's say the games are coming thick and fast. So we're we will hopefully be, be looking back on a, a successful week for the Blues. So we will catch you then.
the Unholy Trinity podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.